Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Show right now where I'm in my off season, so uh, it'll be interesting for me to see sort of, 
you know, how um, lucid I am when I haven't been actually thinking about the show for a couple months. I mean, when you're on a show, you, you tend to be all fired up as you're shooting because there's so many things that you want to talk about and so many things that are happening sort of every single day. And then you go into hibernation when the show goes off the air and you sort of sit on a couch and try to recoup. Um, good news is I actually am recouping, and uh, I can feel my body actually healing, which is nice because we go back to camera in about two weeks. Wow, and 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 as we talked in the last show, you've got uh, it's quite a schedule. You said that the days were shorter than some; it was thirteen hours. But you're still, I mean, that's still a load. When you, we, I think you, you said it's, uh, I mean, your day literally is about sixteen or seventeen hours long, anyway, isn't it? I mean, no matter how long yeah. you shoot with getting into makeup and and wardrobe, and and then you go to the gym on top of all of that. Well, that, I've become so efficient actually at the gym that I've gotten it down to about an hour a week. So that's. That's only because I'm, I'm, I'm so talented at the gym work that I've managed to squeeze in hours into just one. So, uh, yeah, I've gotten a bit lazier on that. But uh, if you watch the show, you'll see that some of the characters have gone the other direction. Like we have uh, Niall Mater, who plays uh, Zane on the show. Uh, he's huge now. He's, he's been going to the down. gym. Yeah, he's put on probably 30, 40 pounds. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Now, the last time we talked, we talked about oh so many things. I mean, we talked about uh, the rotating in directors and, and working with uh, special effects, visual effects, green screens, things like that. You know, and, and kind of talked about uh, you know what the the life was. Well, let me ask you this: you you, you and I were talking moments ago, and, and we were talking about the fifth season coming up. How how do you adjust for being in a series now, um, five years later, as well, opposed from- to the first? Yeah, well, um, for for me, um, it's sort of radically different because, you know, those first three seasons, it, the, the show's everything. It's it's not only you know a, a dream to be on a show, but it's it's your ticket, like it's your retirement. It has really sort of sort of um, really brass tax applications in in your life. It's money, it's um, security, and so you tend to fight more and you tend to fight harder in those first three years some of which is really good and some of which is not so good. So, um, But then once you get sort of the, the big orders, the seasons of 20, the seasons of 18, which we just did. We did a season of 20 followed by a season of 18, which is why I was so tired. Um, you start to relax a little bit. And I can feel it um, from everything from the writer's room to the other actors to definitely myself to the crew. And we all sort of – there's a lot less fighting. There's a lot more um, sort of um, celebration, as it were. You know, we found our feet at this point. So going into season five, for me personally, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Everything after this point is gravy. So I think it's going to be a lot more fun than it's been in years past because we're we're really our – we're a little family. And we can see the light at the end of the tunnel at this point. So it's a really – not that there's an ending. We don't know when the show is going to end. But it's a really sweet sort of period of time because we've accomplished what we set out to. And so for the next however many years we go – it's going to be really about enjoying what we've done. Oh, that's so cool. That is, that is really cool. Yeah. Uh, let me let me ask you this. You directed episodes or episode of, of Eureka? Yeah. yeah, I've directed, I don't know how many, two or three at this point. And so I want to ask you, I, I, I thought today, because you also did touch, uh, your movie, uh, Triassic Attack, Right. Uh, which was on sci-fi. I enjoyed that, and and you made that overseas. I, I want to talk to you about directing. I'd like to kind of um, – uh, focus on on two things. One, directing for television, how that how how you adjust for that versus directing for features, and then also the fact that you're an actor directing your own series that you star in, and then I'm sure some of the other actors might direct as well. Would that be yeah. 
accurate? I don't know who yes, has. Yes, Sally directs, Joe directs, um, and I direct. Well, and, and so maybe you can address, I, I'm giving you a lot all at one time, but maybe you can also, as we discuss it, address what it's like to work for another actor who's directing the show, who you who you play opposite with, you know, when you're being directed or when you know, when yeah. you're directing yourselves. Um, so, so first, however you want to take it, let's let's start with uh, what it's like to direct episodic TV for you. Um, it's great. I mean, it really is a fantastic place to start directing if you're if you don't have control issues, because um, <laughs> you, you know any show on television comes with its own visual language. It comes with its own bible. The crew knows how to shoot it. Really, if you completely screwed up, the crew will get you out of get you out of trouble anyway, um, because they've seen these scenes before. They know how to shoot them. There are a bunch of standard locations. If they don't know how to shoot it, the actors know what to do. They've been shooting the show, you know, day in and day out. So it really is a brilliant place to test the waters to see if you're inclined to pursue it. Um, shooting for TV as well. It's really here's the downside of shooting for TV. It's really unforgivingly fast. If you don't know what you're doing, um, you can really get behind the eight ball pretty quickly. And I know that sounds like I'm contradicting what I just said before, but the crew can get you out of trouble, but you can get yourself into trouble is, is sort, of what, sort of what I'm saying. So you really have to know what you're doing. To do it well, you really have to know what you're doing and really be able to move quickly because um, as much as people will get you out of trouble, if you start screwing up and working them 18 hours a day, because you can't figure it out or you can't get your day, you're going to lose support really, really quickly. Um, and on a, on a personal level, you won't be invited back because we, as the people who work all day long, if we have a director who can sink it in 13, we're going to hire him or her just because they're, they, they get us home on time. You know, they, they, get sure. us, uh, they get the job in cheaper and more relaxed. And odds are it's usually better because they know what they're doing. They know what they're going for. Well, in the last interview that we had, um, you, you mentioned, you know, as we were talking about the directors coming in, that sometimes they come in and go, okay, here's how we're going to do it, and it, it goes contrary to all about what the show is about. And, and so they need to kind of be educated as to, you know, here's here's how we do it. Here's here's how this is going to work. I mean, they are the guest. I mean, they're hired, but they're the guest director. They, You know, even if they rotate, I mean, the, the ones who uh, – you know yeah. who are who are the rotation directors. I mean, they're they're the, they're the established directors on your show versus the, the I guess the the people that come in. Well, let me ask you this: how 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 does someone shoot it in thirteen versus eighteen? What what are some of the problems? What are some of the situations that arise? What are what what should what should a, a director know versus a do or versus what they shouldn't do uh, to make it fluid? And uh, well, what I like to do is I like I like to know the the set. I like to to guest or ghost um, on, on a show um, just so I can see how they like to shoot, what the needs are of the people in play. Uh, some people like reading the scene before they do it. You know, well, let's gather around, let's read the scene. I hate reading the scene before we do it, personally, as an actor. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm prepped. I'm good to go. I just want to know what the director's blocking is, you know, voice my opinion on that, like, oh, great, okay, I see what you're trying to do here. Can I do this instead? Um, okay, great, I think I can help you here with this. Great. And then done. You walk away, and they light it. You know, that's how you go really fast in television, by the director showing up with a plan. And their plan, the more informed their plan is, the better it goes. So if they can watch another director direct, not for how the other director directs, but for how the crew works and for how the actors work and what their needs are, if they can know that before they step on set, 
then you save yourself a lot of trouble. Because some people like they, they pull everyone around and they like to read the scene and it just reeks of not having a plan. It reeks of not being prepared. And some of them, here's the problem with cable. Um, on cable, you get paid less than you do on uh, network television. Uh, I don't know what the pay scale is for network. I think it's like 40 grand or something like that to direct an episode of network television. It's 25-2 on cable. Um, now, the, the mistake would be to think that cable isn't as hard because you get paid less, or cable right. is, you, you know, a step down. So a lot of these guys, you get these big-name directors, these big network guys, they come down to a little show on cable, and they don't prep. Mm. They, do, they don't do their homework. They, don't, they think, like, well, I'm doing you a favor because I'm a really big director. And what we don't have in deep cable is um, money to throw at problems. You, you have to get it right the first time. You can't sort of go, well, I wanted to try this. Okay, that didn't work. Um, okay, you know what we need? Get a ladder pod. We're going to shoot it from on high. You, you can't do that. You know, like, let's try it a bunch of different lights. You really have to know what you want. So some of these guys come in, and then we usually get on day, by the end of day one or the beginning of day two, they'll turn to you and go, this is a really hard show. And, <laughs> and, and then we go, yeah, it, it really is. I mean, we have visual effects, we have comedy, we have sometimes nine people in a scene all coming in and out. And, and it's, if, if you don't come into that with a plan, you're going to kill two hours of your day just trying to sort it out. So, is, is it fair to go, – go ahead. No, no, take it away. I was just going to say, is it fair to say that the that – the, I mean, it's a producer's medium, but it's, it's, it's really the cinematographer show. I mean, everybody knows everything, what they're doing, and the new guy coming in you know, is there and, and – and, well, it's, 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 a, it's a team sport, and it truly is a team sport. Yet anyone on the team can go, can go down, and we cover for them. So, uh -huh. you know, in, in terms of a director, sure, the director can fall apart, and you can cover for him, but you can't shoot an episode without a director. You know, just right. like the lead of a show can screw up, and everybody can cover for him, but you can't shoot the show without the lead of the show or the DP or any other position, really. Right. So you can do sort of spot, you know, triage and, and get the whole show out of trouble. But um, as far as it being any one person's show, I think that's when the shows start to self-destruct when someone feels it's their show, when, when uh -huh. they don't, they're not beholden to anyone else. And without them, it couldn't be done. It's like once you start really living that, the show's dead. I mean, it, it's, it's everybody's medium. The, the DP does set the tone. Uh, I mean, as far as it gets, he, he pretty much controls the crew. So... The and, and his, the speed of his lights, and if the director and the DP aren't getting along, woo, it's bad. Because you have a guy saying, "I want to shoot like this," and the DP will just go, "Yeah, no." Wow. You know, I can't light it. And he, you know, so you can you can re our DP Rick doesn't work that way, but I've worked with DPs who just throw down if you don't um, you know kiss the ring, as it were. Right, right. Well, do you ever have you know a director come in and, and then try and say, oh, well, Carter should be like this, or, or try and interpret your character for you, or do they pretty much understand that you've established this over the years and, and you know what you're doing? Um, it's, a, it's, it's an arc. Um, it's the hardest thing about starting a show. Uh, and really, when you talk about a show, you have to talk about sort of where, like you did at the beginning of the interview, you have to talk about where you are in the cycle of the show. If you're in the first 13 episodes of a show – you have directors coming in who've never seen an episode. And particularly if they're coming in at the end of the first 13, 
the cast, the crew, they sort of have a feel for the tone by that point, but no one's actually seen the show because it hasn't been edited and done. So everyone's sort of working in the dark. And then there's this director who's come in who hasn't seen anything. He hasn't read 13 scripts. You know, he, you can't ask a director to read 13 hours of television before they direct one. He gets his right. script or her script, and they were completely in the dark um, on the first episode, and, and uh, it, it can be an absolute mess. But as you, as you go along, you know, like right now, uh, so yes, in the beginning, it's more frequent to have directors come in and sort of go, your character's zany, so you're going to do this. And, and you sort of go, yeah, no. Um, as respectfully as you can, you sort of go, yeah, it's not. I had a different take on that, so how about this? But as you go along, there's so many directors have seen the show that by season five, or really I should say there's absolutely no excuse at this point for someone to show up and sort of go, oh, I haven't seen the show. I mean, that's just, oh, wow. That's just, and it happens every now and then. You sort of, and you sit there going, that's just weak. Like, uh, I get that you haven't seen every episode. I wouldn't expect you to, but I, I do expect you to have seen one episode to sort of, you know, to know the tone and whatnot. Um, but frequently, people come in, and it, it, for me, it's usually on the comedy side of things. I mean, on the other aspect of things, like if they have crazy ideas on how to shoot it, that would get taken care of by Matt Hastings, who's uh, our EP in charge of um, uh, walking the directors through uh, the pre-production stage, uh-huh. and he, you know, and on set stuff. So any sort of crazy idea that they have, Matt will have taken care of before it gets to me. Um, you know, Matt will sort of go, "That's great, wonderful idea." Not really our show, and so Matt sort of gets it in the box. Um, uh-huh. So that by the time, and that's a seven-day process. So by the time they get to me, they've been through every production thing, so they really have a good idea of what the show is. And so it's usually a comedy thing, where they'll come in and they'll say, "You know, your character spills coffee all over his face." You know, and I'll go, I'm not actually an idiot. So maybe not. Maybe we can do a version <laughs> where I, you know, I spill a bit. But, you know, that, that's a bit broad for what we, uh, for what we do. But, nine, you know, 90% of the time it's, it's, um, it's good. <laughs> awesome. So, so you as a director, what do you like about directing uh, the show? And, and how is it to, to direct your fellow cast members as well as yourself? Um, again, I hate directing myself. It's, it's, um, really unsatisfying because you, I'm getting better at it now that I've done two and I'll, and I'll continue to get better at it. And, uh, when the camera's on sticks, when it's stationary, it's fine. You know, if you're just using an overkeeper and just sort of moving the, an overkeeper is a thing you put on the dolly and it moves about a foot in either direction. So mm-hmm. it just keeps the over shooting over someone's shoulder to someone else. So it moves a little bit, keeps a little bit of tension in the scene for, for that sort of stuff. It's fine because you know what the shot is, and then it's really just the acting that you're concentrating on. But when you're doing a big camera move um, and you're in the scene, it's really frustrating because you can't actually tell if you got it. And you can watch playback, but that's a real – it's like walking through molasses. That's going to slow you down. You can't run back to Video Village and watch every take unless you have, you know, all sorts of time to burn, which we don't. So – I find that harder. Um, I found it harder in the past. I'm getting better at it now. Um, as far as directing other actors, um, that sort of had an arc in it as well. Um, I know I'm talking about things in terms of arcs and process, but it, it does change. Sure. You know, um, The first episode I directed, I absolutely loved it. It was like um, directing other actors. It was like 
sort of everything I'd ever gotten to see them do before. I wanted to protect and make sure that they, you know, got to be their best that they could be. Um, and as I've, as it's gone along, there's less of a protective thing going on for me and more, you know, the story. I really want the story to be told. And um, maybe that's because we're a lot more confident with each other. And um, I, I've noticed everyone, everyone's gotten a lot better, and myself included, uh, you know, through the years. So there's a lot less worry. There's a lot less work. People sort of know exactly what they're doing now. Um, so I've sort of, I guess, adjusted my um, sights and put them on, you know, telling the story a little bit more. Oh, that's very cool. Let me go back a second, though. I, I, to you were talking about when the camera was on sticks, it was easier to direct than if you've got you know a complicated you know crane or dolly move or something like that. Yeah. Does that mean that if you're directing, you know, and calling the shots, that you would reduce the amount of camera move? You know, you you you'd go for more than you know. In other words, you you determined to go on sticks more. No, no, absolutely not. I, you tell the story. You come up you with your. Yeah, you come with your – it's sort of – and I know writers do that too. I mean, you know, the you can't really do two jobs at the same time. So when I'm prepping, I prep solely as a director. And I know the writers write – they write solely as writers. And then you sort of get into the reality of it where, you know, from the writing standpoint, they then bring the script and they give it to, you know, um, Robert Petrovich, our, our line producer, and he goes, he'll look at it and sort of go, that's fascinating. Not a chance. Are you crazy? <laughs> You know, we can't afford that. And the writers know that, but you can only write as a writer, um, you know, right. so you, then you pare it down as a producer. Um, same thing with directing. You direct, you come up to tell this whole grand story, you know, and then you get into the production meetings and, you know, they'll, they'll laugh at you or go like, are you, you know, I want a super techno crane. You know, you can't have a super techno crane, you know. So, so then you get told sort of where, where you can fit it in the box and where you're going to, you know, you start deciding what hills you're going to die on. Um, what you're gonna really gonna fight for, and then uh, by the time you get this said, no, I would never ever uh, change my coverage based on whether I'm in a scene or not. I would try it and then trust the DP, um, Alexandra, who's an amazing director in her own right, who's a script supervisor. Um, she did directed an episode for us last year, which was amazing. And uh, between Rick and Alex and Matt, if he's on, and if I'm directing Matt's on set, um, it's it's hands down. I mean, they'll tell me if I have it. If, if I don't have it, they wouldn't they wouldn't let it go anyway because that's their job. Like if I, right. if I didn't have the shot, Matt would go, no, you don't have the shot, just like he would with any other director. So I'm, I'm protected there. And if Matt wasn't there, then Rick would do the same or Alex would do the same. I mean, you're, you're, you're unbelievably protected, but it's the, it's the satisfaction you don't get of sort of the anxiety, the wonderful anxiety of sort of sitting behind the monitor and, you know, the you know, roll sound, sound speeding, you know, you know, roll camera, and, and, and you're going, oh, come on, come on, come on, and watching the move happen, and all the actors nail it, and then going, cut, and, you know, you, you, you got it, and everyone was amazing, and that, that sort of celebratory, yeah, okay, let's move on to the next shot. You don't get that moment, because you're a part of the product, and then you sort of uh, have to go, cut. Um, how'd it go? Was that <laughs> close? <laughs> you know, you, you, it, it, you feel a bit robbed. Wow, that is amazing. I, you know, um, you know, I'm as an early actor for me. I mean, I love to act. I never thought I'd do anything but act. I said all I want to do is act. But as I moved behind camera, I found, and I don't know if we mentioned this last time, but I found that I loved it. I loved it, even if it meant like, okay, let's move this plant over here, you know, mm -hmm. and and let's do something because it was it was watching something come together 
that yeah. at one point I was uh, maybe a creative component to it, but now I was I was I was involved at the whole level. You know, I was watching people pull cables and watching, you know, lights being done. I mean, it was just a completely different kind of mindset. And I love I love both places. I really love both places, in front of or behind. Well, what about you? I mean, <coughs> excuse me. What what do you you have a preference? Do you have? I mean, I there's. So often I hear so much enthusiasm in your voice when you're talking about you know the show and yourself and acting and, and now in directing and, and it, it's it's uh, it's cool. I just do you have a preference or? Um, I like them both uh, a lot. I like the. Uh, I did a couple of improvised shows a couple of weeks ago, just you know on a Friday Saturday night kind of thing, and I hadn't improvised in in 15 years, and that was amazing um, because you. You sort of create it on the spot, and you go out, and that—that—that's the aspect of acting that I, I really love. I really love sorting it out, planning it, doing it, and then getting the reaction that you planned, which is sort of—it's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling. Um, I, I like—I love it when I'm reading the scripts and I see a good joke in the script, and I know exactly. Or I mean, I see a good joke. Who's kidding? Who? The writers—they <laughs> know me, and they go, you know what? He, he'll he'll love it. He'll he'll kill this. And I read it and I go, oh, that's amazing. And they're like, we know, we wrote it. <laughs> you, you know. Cool. Um, Very cool. But when there's that when that when there's that um, unbelievably synergy, uh, a sort of a synergistic relationship between the the writers and and the actors, which is you know hopefully what we're what we're getting to, um, it's it's just great. I mean, you read you read something you love it, and you can't wait to do it, and you think, but acting's really, it's really a grind. I mean, you're sitting there. You have to. It's like you're you're people are going to laugh at this, but it, it's not dissimilar to being an athlete because it's, you know, it's every take, um, you know, to the second, you know, to the beat, to the, you know, and every every quarter second you're nailing it and it has to be this and that and you know if you've done it wrong and then you go back to one and you do it again and you do it again. You, you're you're really performing to a predetermined timing every single time, the same, and that's really hard. Whereas a director. You can sit back and you can be high energy for one hour and then low energy, and it, you can let your energy be what it is. So uh-huh. in that sense, it's easier to be a director. I find acting really hard by the end of the day, um, whereas directing, you know, not so much. What, what sort of a rush about directing, which isn't really realistic in, in the world, like, like all of us go home and, you know, you got your, your, your girlfriend or your husband or whatever, and you you know, oh, can can you get this? And the answer is like, no, I'm busy. You know, or like it's life. You don't get everything that you want. Whereas, which is normal. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be any different. But in directing, it's so weird because you go and you say, yeah, I want to shoot it like this. And everyone goes, okay. <laughs> and people are moving lights and cables are being strung. There's a hundred people doing what you what you asked, and it's the strangest, weirdest. You're sitting there going, what if I'm wrong? You know what? <laughs> right. And everyone's just doing it, and it gets done, and it's a strain. It really feels it's it's a, it's a great position to be. And I, and I, yeah. I, yeah. No, no, no. I don't, don't let me ever interrupt you. Go ahead. I'm, okay. I, well, I, I, what I love about it is you get to be involved in the story that someone else wrote that you know they've given to you that you then very carefully pick up and care for and protect and try to protect every aspect of this story that 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 someone's written. And so by the time you come to camera, it's it's this. You know, it's it's this precious little thing that you try to protect all day long and articulate 
and 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 you know give the editor enough that this this story can be told in the to the to the best of its conception and and that's what I love about it is is the um is running with the ball for such a long period of time. Oh, that's cool. Let me ask you. We're gonna, we're coming up on a break here, but let me ask you a couple of questions prior to it. And and one is, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but have you ever been wrong? I mean, in other words, when you, okay. you have you said, I I think I want to do it this way, and everybody moves everything over, and you go, no, nah, that wasn't really. Oh what, yeah. What do you do in a situation like that? Well, there are degrees of being wrong. There's there's um, there's wrong. That's a mistake. And there's wrong. Uh-huh. That's not the best way to do it. Um, no one would let you on a show. That's wrong. It's a mistake. Um, okay. Unless you're really arrogant and really closed off, then they will sort of back off and go, "Okay, you know, you want to hang yourself on that? I've I've told you it's wrong. I've everyone's told you it's wrong. Okay. Um, as an actor, I wouldn't let myself do something that's wrong, because no one watches the show and says, "What a strange camera move." They all watch the show and they say, "He looks like an idiot." You know, so I have to protect myself as an actor. Um, and most actors do. They they sort of go, yeah, I can't do that because I'm the one who wears it. But as a director, uh, I've gone in many times, not many times, but a, a couple. There's one in particular that I'm thinking of where I went in, I said I want to do it like this, and Rick came over, he's like, are you sure? He's like, are you sure you don't want to do it like this? And it was one of those first times when I said, yeah, I, I think I really do want to do it like this. And he goes, okay. And then we shot, and it was fine. It worked out fine. But then I went over to Rick sort of half an hour into it and said, I see what you mean now. We're, we're, this part's really complicated now. Is, yeah, it just made that bit a little bit more complicated. And I go, okay, good to know, good to know. Um, but that's an example of being wrong and a really – if you're open and if you're you know, kind or try to be kind and, and aware, it's no, there's no problem with being wrong. You know, uh, it, it just means you're learning. Well, and it, it speaks to it too, though, that everybody is professional. Everybody covers everybody's back. And if and if you are, uh, I guess, a team player, which you said is if 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 uh, you're really arrogant, they might let you fall, you know, uh, fall on your face. But otherwise, you know, you're all in it together. I mean, that's that's uh, yeah. I mean, nobody because it, it's the arrogant people that you want to let fall on their face. I mean, somebody comes in and goes, "No, I know what I'm doing." You know, all of a sudden you get the TV going. You know what? It's not actually my job to save you. Okay, you want to shoot that? Shoot it, you know. And and sometimes I've even been victim of this, where the person's such a pain that you sort of go, "Fine, that's not on me. I'll let you shoot it," you know. And then and then they right. they hear they hear about it in editing. All of a sudden, like this doesn't cut. And then they come to us and they go, "Hey, this doesn't cut." And I go, "I know. We told him. We told him. He didn't listen. We told him again. He didn't listen. Then you know, and he doesn't come back." Yeah, but there's a way to do it where if you you know if you go no this is the way I really want to shoot it instead of saying that you can say why don't you want me to shoot that way you know is there something I'm missing and then you know at most crews will go oh yeah 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 because this is going to happen and they go oh okay well then we'll you know but there's a some people feel like they need to be you know hard leaders and I think that more often than not paints them into a corner. But but that is such an excellent question. I mean, what you just said to be open enough to say, well, why shouldn't I do this, or or why wouldn't it work, and to be able to hear the feedback, uh, you know, is is an is an, a, an important asset for yeah. uh, anyone in charge to have. Well, and the 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 fear, the the misplaced fear, is that you're going to say that, and then like, oh no, now 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 the you know the emperor has no clothes, and they know I don't know what I'm doing, or you know, you know that that's behind it. You know that right. that's the, the, the big, the big scary that they're that they're dealing with, but the reality is, because crews and sets are you know 13 to 16 to 18 hours a day, every single day, 
it's sort of the epitome of cooperation. If you're, if you're not a cooperative person, you don't belong on a set. You really don't. So if you understand that, but some of these directors, they come from film school or they come from big features or they come from all sorts of things where I don't know what they learn over there, but they get in the real world and they sort of think that they have to be this you know, hardened leader and you just don't. You, you, you're dealing with people who want to make you the best you can be. They want to make the show the best it can be. They want that shot to be the best that they can possibly make it. So you're all working together. You know, having said that, you do have to fight for things. So there's the, right. there's the, the you know, the, the big exception to the rule. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Hey, um, pal, I'm going to take a short break here, and then we'll be right back. Uh, sure. You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official website is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. That's my name. If you're enjoying this interview with Colin and any of my interviews, please go ahead and spread them around Twitter and Facebook and, and to your friends and your connections uh, because it, it helps promote my guests so much and me when you do, and, and we really appreciate the support. Upcoming guests. Next uh, up uh, a week from today is uh, Ted Hope, producer Ted Hope. He just recently premiered the movie uh, Super, starring Rain Wilson, directed by James Gunn, and, and also Michael Rooker is in it and others. Uh, Deb Paz is coming up. She's uh, uh, written a book on uh, unit production management. You're going to find that interesting. And then Dolph Lundgren will be uh, coming our way as well. Plus, we've got an interview coming up on, on 3D versus 2D and and what that's all about, plus so much more. But uh, for now, let's return to uh, Mr. Colin Ferguson. Uh, Colin, this is this is absolutely fascinating, and, and I enjoy it so much having you here, and I'm going to ask you more questions about directing. I want to segue back, though, just a bit to a question about acting, and then i got a couple in the chat room that I do want to ask you. Um, but it must be really cool. It, it, you know, uh, you come onto a series and they've, they've scripted a show around uh, Sheriff Jack Carter and you're chosen to play this character. But then you bring Jack Carter to life. And it must be that down the road, writers, you know, what you were saying earlier about a writer going, I know he's going to kill this, he's going to nail it, you know, he's going to love this. They start writing for you too because, because of Jack Carter's no longer this kind of, you know, just mental creation. It's a living human being, you know. So they, they all, it must be, I, I would think it must be fun to see what writers, I mean, maybe sometimes not, but what writers do in terms of writing for Colin Ferguson as Jack Carter. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want, I'm going to beat this one to death, but it really also depends on where you are in the, in the life of the show. And let me just back up for a second just to say, you know, I'm, I'm giving all these answers and whatnot, and, and I don't by any means think I know everything. I'm, I'm just doing my best, you know, with, with where, sure. I am, where, where I am in the process. Right. Um, so, you know, if, if whatever, you're sitting at your office or sitting at home and going, that's ridiculous. You, know, you might be right. You know, I, I might be wrong. But, um, I, you know, this is sort of where it lives for me, you know, on, on these given days. I, I think to answer your question, um, the – yes, it's, it's – in the first season of a show – that you're really working for them uh, because the scripts pre-exist the actor. Um, and you try your best to do what they're asking you to do. You, you, you try your best to hit all the beats they're asking. Now, I'm a limited actor. Um, most actors I know are limited. Certain things they do really well, certain things they don't do as well. So if you know yourself, if you know what you do well, you can come into it out of the gate really with a with a full load and sort of say, okay, this beat, I can't do this really well, but here's what I do really well, can we change it to that? 
when I started the show, I didn't know. Um, I really didn't, um, you know, what my strengths were as well as I do now. Um, I really feel like I, I know more now what I can do uh, and, and what, you know, just doesn't read as well on me. So that first season, it's a lot of trial and error as you're both trying to find the character, trying to learn yourself, trying to learn the writers. And that's why the first 13 are such a gamble because you, you've such a short period. I mean, this isn't the sort of the mid-90s where you got, you know, 22 on the air to sort it out. Like regardless of what happened, you had 22 on the air to sort it out, you know, which is amazing. Now you get 13, but maybe they're only going to air four, you know, before they, before they pull it. So uh-huh. the, the pressure is higher to get it right. And, it's, it's, and I guess that's also because, you know, back in the, in the 80s and 90s, NBC was NBC, CBS was CBS, you know, ABC was ABC, but now ABC's Disney, you know, and CBS is Viacom and NBC's Universal. And so you have these products, these TV shows that are, you know, accountable like any other product on a quarterly basis to stockholders. And if something's not performing, it's got to go. So you're, you're really now in, in, a, in a crazy corporate structure trying to make, you know, the most artistic product you can, and that's a really weird weird place to find yourself so as an actor what it means to you is and watch me pull this all the way back um uh as an actor what it means to you is you know you're you're under such pressure to figure it out out of the gate but compare that to now where writing for if you you mean the way that you say it, writing for like a real human being it's not so much a real human being as they've had years of footage to watch you know, and, and all good writers, you know, they'll watch the entire show before they start writing. If they're hired for a season, they'll catch up on, on the Bible. They'll catch up on the whole show. So it's not like they're writing for me, but they, they watch the show and they have their own, you know, soul and core. And they sort of go, oh, these are the tones that I really love about the show. And these are the tones that I really want to give them or her, you know, to really sort of pull out. So and you end up having relationships with the writers like, oh, I, oh, it's uh, it's this guy's script. Oh, this is going to be really funny. Oh, it's this guy's script. Oh, you know what? This is going to be hard for me. He, 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 it's hard for me to fit his words in my mouth. You know, so you, you end up having sort of really different and you can tell by who wrote it. You can sometimes not even look at the first page. and go, oh, I know who this is because of how because of, of the relationship you've developed. Uh-huh. So, yes, they're writing for. I guess you could say they're writing for me, but they're writing for you know their version of the character and what they want to bring out of it. But it's sure. an educated it's an educated perspective at this point. Absolutely. So so let me ask you one question from the chat. Was I all over the map there? Did I pull that back? Was that all right? That, that was good. That was good. Okay. No, no, I, I I enjoyed it very much. Absolutely. Um, the the question comes from Selena, who says, uh, "How much are you like your character?" I've heard when you play a character from ex- for an extended time, uh, you bring a lot of yourself into it. Yeah, it becomes, um, I think that sort of, it comes close to, to, it's an aspect of what I was just talking about, where over time, Selena, you, um, you, you realize what you can do that really brings out the character, and the writers realize what they can do with the character that really brings out you. And that sort of makes the magic combination of, it seems like you're the character, or, but it's sort of a combo of both. I mean, I am very much like the character, I think, Oddly, um, but the writers have been amazing, particularly REPs. I mean, Bruce and Jamie have been amazing about listening. 
you know, they've been amazing about sort of after a season, they say, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? Where do you think you want to go? And I'll, you know, I spout off for, you know, minutes on end. And, they'll, and then they'll, they'll sort of listen to it and they go, okay, can't use that, can't use that. But that's interesting. Okay, we can take that. And, and they, they do. So, you know, it, it A, helps them, you know, you know gives, gives them some direction. But more importantly, it sort of just shows who they are and what great people they are. That for them, it's always about being inclusive. And because it's about being inclusive, it all sorts to become more honest over time. And so, yeah, I guess the character over time, I guess we're a little similar. <laughs> well, and, and she follows up her question uh, with, with one more and said, you know, you were speaking of improv and stuff. Uh, you know, are you planning on writing as well is what she asked. And I, and I guess that's a, a fair question. I, I would ask that too. Do you, do you ever entertain writing a show or have you? Yeah, I've written or, shows for Eureka. Before. Oh, for Eureka? No, I haven't written, oh, written oh. Eureka before. I've written other shows before. Uh, okay. I mean, I come up through sketch comedy, so writing's a part of it. But um, it's it's really tough. Um, you know, the writers are we, – we we've had the same writer staff for two years, and they're a really tight unit. And writing a show, it works sort of like this. You, you know, you break the stories. You know, you pitch the stories to the network. They approve the stories. They reject some. You take the approved ones back. You break the story. You know, you write an outline, you bring it to the network, they approve it, they, you disapprove it, they send it back. Then you write a first draft, they approve it, they disapprove it, they send it back. You know, and there's like a process of about nine steps that are involved in that. So, and I'm not kidding, it's nine steps. It's right, unbelievably right. time-consuming. So, because they have such a tight, um, a tight, well-honed machine over there, I wouldn't, I ask. Uh, last year, I said, "Can I write one?" And 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 Jamie actually said, "I would prefer not." Uh, just uh. it's, and I respect that. You know, um, it's it's really really hard. You can write. I wouldn't want because I would want to go through all the way through the process. I don't just want the credit. It would be easy to get the credit, you know. But uh-huh. basically, but would I be writing it? I'm not really sure. You know, I'd write a first draft, and then somebody would completely rewrite it, and they wouldn't get credit. So I don't want to sort of take food out of their mouths, one. You know, I do enough writing on my own on a, on a regular basis. And uh, and I guess I guess now I'm on three. On th- third, um, I just respect their process. You know, I can ask, but if it's a problem, I would prefer to have good honed scripts, you know, than to, than to, try, to, to try to prove something. Ironically, um, this year Jamie's coming up to direct, and that's going to be interesting for him because now he's coming to our world. And he's going to go through, you know, an unbelievable sort of like, you know, boot camp of directing. And I think it's probably easier for someone to come up and direct than to than to go down and write. I mean, if if I was truly serious about it, I would write one on spec, I, which which means I would I would write a script and give it to them and uh, say this is what I want to write. This is my voice. This is my ability, and have them read that, um, which I think would be the appropriate thing to do. Um, but I don't have any intention of, of uh, writing one, even though I have so many ideas and I'd love to write one. Uh, with our show, the scripts are definitely a part of an arc. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, w- I wouldn't uh, – you sort of have to be a part of the entire process to do it. It makes perfect sense. Well, let me switch gears. You know, obviously, Colin, I want to have you back as as, as often as you're willing to come back. Um, but let me let me switch gears. I, I've enjoyed everything. 
Yeah. But I, I said I also wanted to talk about uh, uh, Triassic Attack and and yeah. directing you know features and the difference between you know TV and features. But I also want to give you free reign to to run with you know what it was like to to direct that movie and and uh, there were there were some uh, YouTube videos uh, up uh, uh, chronicling the progress of it and uh, very fascinating. So a Triassic Attack. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I guess that was Bulgaria, um, coming, I guess, two years ago this summer, as we did it for for three months in the summer. It was uh, a run-and-gun guerrilla-type shoot. And uh, the main difference between that and television is that you, you construct the language that you're going to be using to tell the story. Whereas in television, um, it's set. You know, they're, they're, you have your act breaks, you have your, well, there are act breaks in movies as well, but you, on TV movies. But it's there's a style that, even if you want to change it, you can't. It's the style of the show. Like, CSI Miami looks a certain way every week. That's what it is. Um, when you're doing a movie, you're coming up with how it's going to look. And that might be, to, to those who don't know what that means, that means, like, you know, is it going to be, a, are you going to use um, unsaturated, deep saturated, uh, you know, hypersaturated? What sort of colors are you going to be using? What film stock are you going to be using? How you? Oh, I have a call coming through. Wow. Sorry about this. Um, uh, so that that's basically one of the one of the um, oh geez here let me get rid of this everybody hold on okay so you're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat the uh, official website is r e x s i k e s dot com again please go ahead tell all of your friends and your uh, industry connections about these interviews there's well over 200 interviews with professional filmmakers TV makers writers directors producers casting agents. Uh, casting directors, agents, <coughs> and and so many more. So please go ahead and uh, and share that with everyone you know. Also, we always enjoy it when you uh, retweet or uh, promote on Facebook or through your favorite means. I, I appreciate that so much. And I also appreciate all the all the support, the letters, the tweets, the uh, phone calls, uh, people coming up to me in person, and uh, and saying, "Hey, you know, I, I like the show. I mean, that means a lot." And of course, you know that this show is really designed to be a resource for you, and that's why I'm connecting you up with with uh, people who are making it happen. And I hope you enjoy the guests. I always welcome any kind of feedback, uh, you know, whatsoever. So uh, feel free to uh, provide feedback through uh, email. You just contact me right through the site, or if you particularly like a guest. Oh, and, and when it comes to feedback, right there at Blog Talk Radio, you can leave comments about the show. And uh, you can do the same thing if you uh, subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, uh, rate and review the shows, because when you do that, it spreads our, our reputation farther and wide. I don't know if Colin's come back yet. I'm back. I'm listening to there you. you. Oh well, man, you just interrupt me. I, I, I'm, oh, okay. Uh, I did, well, you're on such a roll. I was like, let him go, <laughs> go right, go. <laughs> all right. No, I didn't. I didn't even hear you come back. So, all right, man. So we were talking about uh, uh, the the look of the show and, and yeah, creating coming up, and, and it might seem silly because you watch it and you'll sort of say, "There's no look to the show," and, and there is a look. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, you're shooting on. We shot that on the red camera and 35 millimeter, so there is something. You know, you have to decide how that's going to look. Um, and it's probably a good thing if you watch a, a movie and say, oh, there is no sort of, it's just what it should be, which is what the feel that you want. So there's all sorts of decisions like that. Um, with that particular project, uh, Sci-Fi has very specific, and that's Karen Hara and Tom Vitale in uh, New York, very specific beats story-wise that um, they like to have in, in their movies, that, that sort of their formula 
that uh, dictate a success for them. So um, well, I guess maybe that's interesting. For, that's interesting to realize that uh-huh. for the movies, it's story beats that you have to adhere to. For a television show, it's story beats and style, and you know just a lot more. So you know, for what it's worth. Um, so oh, they give you that. What's that? I said that, that is fascinating. I, I I appreciate that. Yeah. That, so so I guess they give you all that sort of stuff, and and uh, you would then have some latitude to change it. You know, because it's not like anyone can come back to you. You know, after you're not reshooting anything. So. Um, that's a it's a it's a tricky thing to be in in a movie or a TV sh- not so much TV show because there's someone on set with you, but in a movie, you really do fall on your own sword if you screw it up. You you can make all sorts of unilateral decisions. Um, you can cross people on the day. You can say, oh, I'm going to shoot it like this, and then they shoot it a different way. Um, so you can do all sorts of stuff like that. And you know sometimes you have to. Here I'll I'll back up and clarify that. Um, Okay, let's say you're in the script part of, of the process and you're saying X needs to happen. And the people you're talking to say, no, 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 we want Y. And you say, no, 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 you really you need X. And they say, no, we need Y. And maybe you know that you need X. What you can do on the day is you can shoot X and Y. You know, you, because some, sometimes you have to, because as much as, as much as everyone can have requests, be it from sci-fi or the producers or whatever, you're the one who's left holding the back at the end of the day. So if you know better, probably best to shoot X and Y so that you can then cut into the final cut X and say, this is what I was saying with this. And more often than not, they'll say, oh, that's fine. We don't care. We don't need it. No, they're glad that you shot it, but we don't need it. And so that's usually the best way to do it. Um, you can go more extreme in that direction and not shoot what they ask, and just mm-hmm. shoot what you want to shoot. But then, when you get to post, if they say, oh, that's what you were saying, huh? no, we don't like it, we want what we wanted, and you didn't shoot it, that gets a, that's a really uncomfortable discussion. Wow. Because, yeah. you know, they gave you a point-blank marching order. They, gave you, they, they said, do this, and you said, okay, and then you didn't. So odds are you're not coming back. If you're, if, right. you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do that, um, and on the other side of it, sometimes, strangely, and I don't understand this one, they'll say, you know, and we don't even want you to shoot X. We insist on you shooting what we want and not shooting what you want, and that's always a weird one to me, because I always feel like if I can get it in and make my day, who cares? Really? You know, I'm just I'm just given, and I, I've I've not encountered that um, that one, but I've heard stories where people say, "No, I, I absolutely you can't shoot that." And I was like, "All right, you know." So I I've, I've no doubt we'll encounter that someday. But um, so there's that sort of part of the process in movies, which is different from uh, from TV. TV, you you usually have to uh, you know adhere to to what the agreement was, just because it's it's a much more condensed period of time. Do you? Um... Uh, let me, uh, I'm sorry. Let me ask it this way: What? What? I mean, that's a fascinating dilemma to be in. I, I was going to ask. Uh, uh, my first question was going to be: if, if it did happen, I mean, what? What? What's sure. the remedy if somebody says, "Don't do"? You cannot shoot that. I mean, do you go ahead and do it anyway and just not tell them? I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, hope that, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I would. I, I, I absolutely would because because uh, I would shoot what they want and shoot what I want. Um, be, absolutely, even if they told me not to, um, because. I'm the one left holding the bag. I'm the one left with something that didn't work. 
and I'm the one that no one's going to point to the conversation and go, yeah, I told him not to shoot it. Um, so that's what I would do. But more what I would do is, is uh, that sort of falls on the politics of it and your ability to talk and speak. And uh, um, I've never encountered anyone who was so stupidly obstinate that you couldn't say, okay, look, I get it. We're having a disagreement about this, but I'm going to see if I can shoot both. And if it doesn't cost anyone a dime, um, I would really like to keep my heart in the project. I'd really like to be able to shoot both. You know, I've never met anyone who would say no. Um, because then you sort of have to ask, well, why am I here? You know, why, why, I'm just directing traffic at this point. Um, but there, there's all sorts of realistic stuff, like, like for example, Trask Attack. There's a scene in uh, the, the, the movie opens in a water tower where the, uh, the raptors chasing three of the characters into a water tower. That was scripted as um, an 18-wheeler that got caught in the, the Raptors chasing the, the car, and an 18-wheeler comes out of nowhere and crashes, and then they trap it in the back of an 18-wheeler. Um, that was how it was scripted. So when we got into the discussion of it, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm in Bulgaria. You know, this is – I can't do a stunt with an 18-wheeler, and, and I can't figure out how to get a Raptor into – and at the back of an 18-wheeler, and then have the people realistically get out somehow. I just can't, I can't figure it out. So that was a long discussion with the powers that, that be, and, um, which I lost. Um, but then uh, in location scouting, uh, behind, I was on the, at the American University in, in Bulgaria and running around to, trying to find all the locations, and we were at the location where we shot the frat party, and there was a path. And so I said, what's down this path? And the guy's like, I don't know. How did he, he didn't. So I ran down the path, and, and about sort of 500 yards down the path, in this overgrown clearing, is this water tower. And so I see that, and I go, and you can enter the bottom and exit the top. And I said, well, per- perfect. This is where we'll shoot. This, we'll, we'll, we'll sub this in for the thing. So then I could go back to sci-fi and sort of go, great. And I found this really, really cool location, which it was, the water tower was, for these, the um, uh, truck scene. And then I got the, you know, obviously the line producer on the phone to say yes, and shooting a stunt with, a, with a, an 18-wheeler is beyond, beyond difficult. Plus, we can't find an 18-wheeler that's going to look like an American 18-wheeler in Bulgaria. It's going to look like a Russian 18-wheeler. You know, it's going to look like a Russian truck because we're in Russia, basically. Um, and all of Bulgaria is angry with me now. No, I know you're not. Right? Um, so it's just an, it's going to look like an Eastern Bloc truck. So – and of course, when when you know I'm on the phone with Karen for all this stuff, and she hears that, and she's like, "Oh, great, perfect," you know. And and then we get the scene that we ended up in the show. So that's sort of a normal process. Wow, you know. But you can in you can shoot yourself in the foot too, because if in the script process you dig in so hard and you make it such a sore point, this 18 wheeler thing, by the time you quote unquote find another location, they'll just think you're working it. They'll just think you're a pain in the ass and sort of go, no, you know what? Shoot the script. I'm done with this. You know, so you really got to not burn your bridges when you're having these conversations and sort of go, okay, I'm, I'm not settled with this yet. So, I mean, if, if we can't find anything else, great. If I can find something better, may I bring it to you? And they'll say, okay, yeah, if you find something better, sure, you can bring it to us. But, I mean, sci-fi, maybe, in, in, maybe I'm just like really lucky because sci-fi is a normal place to work, you know, like they're really nice people. So I might get out in the real world, real world and go, oh, this is awful out here. But um, anyway, that's probably too long a story. But 
you know, that's that's one. Well, you know what? I, I should ask you, I mean, uh, how are you doing on time here? Because uh, um, we are getting close to the hour mark. We Typically, we can go longer, you know, about 10 right. minutes longer, if you like. And uh, yeah. uh, But I just I just want to know how you're doing on time. And there are other questions, and I certainly want to have you talk about Jurassic, I'm sorry, Triassic attack. And, yeah. um, and I've got loads of questions, so how okay, are, yeah, how are sure, you? Shoot. Yeah, sure, we can, we, can, we can go over 10 minutes. That's fine. Okay. All right. So yeah, it'd be about maybe 14 minutes on the outside. But here's the deal. Um, uh, first, my question, and it parallels. If somebody has a, any tips for young filmmakers? You know, any anyone who's making film is a question from the chat room. But I, but my question simply would be, as a director, what do you have to know, and what what do you have to do, and what do you absolutely not have to do? I mean, or, or what shouldn't you do? I mean, when you're thinking of, of directing a, a movie, a feature of this kind. Um, what's the best bang for your buck you're going to get? What do you, you know, in terms of your skills to yeah. make a movie? Um, I would say I would say direct to the budget you have. Um, I was directing something this weekend. A bunch of friends wrote uh, a pilot, comedy pilot, and uh, just drove down to Vegas for the weekend and shot it over three days. So I directed that this last weekend. Oh, cool! And um, that was just like your basic, you know, Canon whatever it is, uh, uh, what is it, TSI, TDI, I forget the camera. It's like the 5 or the 7. And, uh, you know, on sort of the, the, the $500, you know, shoulder mount. And, uh-huh. um, you know, the $500, uh, you know, sound package, which is the boom and the, and the recorder. And so, you know, you're out the door for 2500 bucks on that. We had, you know, two lights. Um, Niall, who played Zane, who plays Zane on the show, came to Vegas, uh-huh. and he was my DP. He was lighting everything. So. Oh, cool. And it was just it it wasn't it's not arable, it's not watchable. It's um it was just to get it on tape and to have it be presentable, you know, as as a sort of something as a tool to shop things around on. So it we only took three days to shoot it. you, you know, and, and uh when doing that, we didn't cut him for coverage. We just did masters. We just you know, it it was just about getting the story on tape. So I would say what that is an example to me of is don't try to shoot Gone with the Wind. If you have, you know, 2500 bucks worth of equipment, just, you know, shoot, get it on tape. Get it on tape, shop it around, and then do it right. If you do have big budget, then you can start cutting in and making things look beautiful. But, like, when we were shooting, you know, Triassic Attack, I mean, this is my limited experience that I'm, that I'm saying it from. It's just we didn't have a big budget, so don't shoot big budget shots. You won't be able to do them. You know, you're going to have to run and gun. You're going to, everything's going to be changing on the fly. I mean, that whole sequence that we did in that movie with the uh, the T-Rex on the beach, you know, killing uh, people, uh, that was – we made a lot of that up on the day. Um, it was supposed to be wildly different as, a, as according to the script, but, you know, the script is written by a guy in an office trip wrote it, and he's amazing, great writer. Um, he's not on the location scout. So we get out there, and, or we choose, or you know, well, we, we tried to get this one lake, but then there was a, I guess this Bulgaria mafia guy lived on the lake, and there's a hit out on his life that happened the week before, and he didn't want a crew on the lake because his life was in danger, so we couldn't get that lake, so the government said no because he's important. So we got, and this is, this is shooting, right? Like it's the weirdest world you're ever going to visit. So we got this other lake that that we got to shoot on. It's a sort of promontory. And so you get there on the day and you sort of look at the scene and you go, okay, this all has to change because this doesn't work. And if you look back down that way, that's beautiful. So let's put the raft down there because it's actually pretty. 
We'll put the thing out here, and then you sort of adjust it as you're going. You know, and that's on the location scout. Obviously, by the time I get to the location, I've so I know what I'm going to do. Um, but uh, you know, not everyone else does. Now I'm going to ask you to, to kind of to clarify that because it's, it, for me, uh, you, 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 you're, I mean, the Raptors added in later, right? I mean, you're, you, are you using a proxy yeah. or? I mean, so how do you how do you conceptualize that on the fly? I mean, where your camera is going to be and and where eye lines are and all. I mean, it's I mean, really intricate. It is it is intricate. I know what I'm doing because I planned it out in my head. So and that changes a percentage because you, no one's perfect and you you're shooting fast and you're, you just sort of have to adjust. Um, and also you, you you just can't tell how things look until you see it through a lens. Sometimes mm-hmm. you sort of go, I want this. And and the DP is going. That's not going to look how you think it's going to look. And you'll get the camera up, and they're like, and you can't. For some reason, you just can't get it. You can't see it. So it's only when the operator is up, sort of going, okay, I can I can get this. Then you go, okay, great. So this is where we're shooting from. As far as eye lines, that's that's pretty straightforward. It's just access. Choose what side you're shooting from, and stick to it. Um, y- you know, um, I knew what I was going to do. I knew. I just didn't know how it was going to be positioned. Um, also keep in mind, you know, you decide what you're shooting at what time of day based upon where the sun is. Uh-huh. Because that promontory was south-facing. So I knew that, okay, so I sort of want to shoot the raft bit in the afternoon or before noon because then I'm going to have good sun on that. The morning stuff can be the jello fight. Um, and maybe, this, you know, maybe no one cares. Maybe it doesn't make a difference to anybody but me. But, you know, that's the stuff that I'm doing to try to – you know, fit it all in the box. So I know what I'm doing, but I don't have time at that part, at that point in the process to rewrite the whole scene to make it fit um, the location. And I can't, and I don't have time for the battle if someone says no. So that's one of those ones where um, you do as much of the script as you can, you know, uh, in, in a situation like that. And then you sort of fill in the blanks. And then if you get called on it, you just say, I did my best. That was the best we could do in this location. I had to change this, this, and this because of this, this, and this. If you have reasons for it, no one will hang you. You know, if you have a forty million dollar budget, yeah, you sort of have to shoot what the script says. Uh-huh. But if you have a, you know, we had a budget of one point four, so you're gonna get what you're gonna get some days. <laughs> like so, in Eureka, so- we were shooting the Christmas episode with Matt, and um, the sled that uh, Matt Frewer and I were in just broke. Uh-huh. It was on a giant gimbal, and it was turning back and forth, and we're, you know, an hour into shooting, and it broke. Uh-huh. So, you know, Matt's sort of going, well, let's start shooting differently, you know, and, and you, you you do what you can, and then they fixed it two hours later, and we got the rest of the shots. But in that situation, you just have to get what you get. So I think what it is, my advice to young filmmakers, is shoot to your budget and just as much as you have a plan, when the better thing comes up, go with it, and you'll find out really soon if you have good taste or not. Wow. Do you? Uh, 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 I should let's in the next few minutes because we'll be wrapping this up. Let me ask you a few questions about uh, uh, what's coming up too. You know, in, in terms of season five is is going to be starting. You're going to be shooting on that. 
I, I, I would love to continue the discussion on directing as well in the future, as well as acting. Sure. But but uh, can you can you give uh, uh, people an idea of, of of what's happening for you, and and should they watch for you on anything else, and and or movies or? or um, yeah, well, I'll just talk about Eureka for for, uh, for for that. I mean, we've shot the last ten. The ten they're going to air this summer, we shot in November, so they're done, edited, and finished. Um, right, right now. Um, that's the launching. Basically, the series involves around the launching of the Astraeus, uh, which is the uh, you know Eureka going into space, and um, the ones we're about to shoot are the continuation of that. And um, all, what I'm allowed to say is basically, it does. Mm, it things don't go the way you think they're going to go. It yeah. It really it's a great cliffhanger, and then it's a fantastic follow up. The lad, the oh, next cool. ten we're shooting, I'm re- or thirteen, I'm really excited about. It's really, um, if people hang in there, it's a great 22 episodes that are coming. It's a really cool season. And I expect, I mean, I expect writers to be able to barf out, you know, one, two, or three seasons. I think that's, you know, we all should be able to do our jobs. But when you get to season five, and they're still sort of turning out what I think are my favorite arcs on the show, that's what Uh I tip my hat to. That's a, a stunning stamina and a stunning sort of depth of, of field um, where they can just sort of come up with these crazy um, things that work. Like, it's not stretching. We're not jumping the shark. It's, it's, it's really cool, the next, the next 23 episodes. Wow. Now, let me ask you, because in, the, in our previous interview, you talked about them doing 10 and then the back 10 and the Christmas episode in between. Is this the, the back 10 that you're talking about part of, season four that didn't air but will now air as season five is that is that how this was working out and then you'll have another number of episodes that are are also part of season five or well yes that it's that stupid sci-fi thing right where they're like oh it's we're we're going into production season five airing you know season 4.5 you know so i I guess it's season 4.5 that'll air i don't know what they're going to call it um, if anything, to to the thing, but it's season four point five is what's coming up, and we're going into season five. Wow! Wow! Okay. Well, very cool. Yeah, stop um, track of. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you a couple questions from the chat room before we go, and the and they are, um, uh, Twitter people have been suggesting guest stars for certain shows. Who would uh, you really like to have guest on Eureka as an actor or director? And I guess in what shows would you like to guest on is the question. And then Dawn, who asked that question, also asked, and I will ask it, how's your Prius? <laughs> or with, <laughs> with your Prius. Prius. Awesome. I love my Prius. Um, I do love that car. Uh, I'm, I'm all about weird energy things and you know trying to do things outside the box. Um, so that's really funny. Don, uh, um, yeah, Don, the Prius is doing great. I'm even thinking about buying some renovation stuff sight unseen from China, so that'll that'll go terribly. Uh, um, <laughs> Twitter folks were making fun of me for that this morning. It's uh, I just always like to do things a little differently. You know, I know that'll go terribly, but I've never done it before, so I'm going to do it. As far as the uh, – what was the other question? Uh, what you would like to – if there's other shows that you would like to guest on or if you would ha- like to have special guest actors or directors on your show. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we could get him, but I was talking to um, Nathan Fillion at, uh, where was I? We were at the uh, Comic-Con, and um, Uh I'd love to get on his show. I'd love him to come and do our show. I love his humor. I think he's so funny, and I think he's a really good fit for our show. I think, you know, most shows feel he's a good fit for their show, but 
you know, that's who I'd like. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to see him on our show. Oh, that would that would be cool, and you'd be great on his show. And uh, I, uh, my the first Prius I ever drove was a year or two ago in Los Angeles. I got it as a rental car, and I didn't even know what to do with it. I had to call up a friend of mine and go, well, "How do I start this? There's no actual key. It won't do any." And he he he, I couldn't get off the parking. I couldn't get out of the, out of the rental. Me too. Uh, the first, first, first time I rent, first time I rented one, exactly the same experience. I was furious, sitting in the valet, you know, in front of this hotel with everybody looking at me, and I'm like, I don't know how to start it. Just trying to trying to get yeah it was uh it's an experience it's an experience it was an experience but just to say you know about all this stuff hold on just just to say about all this stuff I mean I don't I don't fancy myself any sort of you know base of knowledge I'd I'd love to you know as much as I love what I've done I'd love to guest you know ghost under um, a bunch of directors out there who do network stuff and big movies you know just to see what they do and just to see if if my reality is remotely similar to theirs, or if there's a whole other paradigm that I'm going to discover that invalidates everything I've said so far. Um, what I've said is just my you know, little piece of the pie. And I look at these big movies out there, and I'd love to see people like, would you like to direct one? I'm like, sure. I just want to see what's involved. I want to see what that world is. I mean, that's got, that has to be completely different. So, and on some levels, probably quite similar. But uh, I'd, you know, I don't think I'm the, you know, just take everything I say with a grain of salt. It's just my little perspective. Well, but and we value your perspective, and and I appreciate that as well. I, I you know, it's like Michael Bay was in town doing some stuff for Transformers, and I and I sit and I look at this stuff, and I go, I just, it's, it's just mind-boggling to me how you can piece some of these things together and have them show up as anything on 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 film. It just it just amazes oh, yeah. me, you know. So I, I mean, I, I completely understand. Um, you know where you came from. Somebody's now, somebody's getting my attention and telling me that Mary, where's Mary McDonald and Edward James Olmos should guest yes. star as mad scientist couple? Is what Don says. That they'd never do that. That would be great. <laughs> they'd never do that. I mean, they're they're we couldn't afford them anyway. They're great. I mean, yeah, they're amazing people. Um, but yeah, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, that that work. Sure, <laughs> list anybody who's won giant awards like that. We'll take them. <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. With you know, Christopher Columbus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Colin, I got to tell you, I I, uh, I certainly appreciate this. I do want to have you back, and, and uh, I hope you come back, and and we could let the listeners know when that's going to be. I know you're going to be getting busy here soon, so uh, it, you know it's up to uh, your schedule. And I hope to be talking to you in just a couple of minutes. But I really appreciate you being here and going over the time and and uh, sharing your expertise from from your vantage point you know from from your own experience i mean that that uh, that's what we're looking for and we really appreciate that you've been so generous oh thank you i hope some something meant something to you know hope it, the whole point of this why i like doing it is that maybe someone gleans something that helps them in what they're doing and you know that's why i troll the internet for for information and you know maybe this maybe this helps someone you know i don't know i don't know i try <laughs> no, absolutely, and we want to catch up with you again sometime soon. I and and again, thank you so much. And hopefully, uh, we'll talk in just a couple minutes. Cool, sounds good. And I'm going to close out the show. So thank you so much for being here, and again for sharing your your time and uh, and your knowledge. I, I do appreciate it. All right, thanks, Rick. Take care. All right. So that's Mr. Colin Ferguson. I want to thank everybody who's in the chat room, everyone who's tuned in, everyone who's uh, listening to this live or archived for uh, being a part of this and for uh, spreading the word. You have been absolutely fabulous. And uh, again, I want to thank Colin Ferguson. 
and uh, the readers and listeners of Movie Beat. I've got many more exciting guests coming up. Keep in mind that next week, uh, in the evening, later than, than this show broadcast, uh, uh, will be Ted Hope, the producer. Ted Hope, uh, prolific. After that will be Deb Patch. She's authored a book on production management, and she's a production manager herself. Dolph Lundgren's coming up. Uh, we've got many more exciting guests. You can become a member of the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Facebook uh, group or friends page by clicking on the links and liking the page. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter. It's Rex Sykes Movie BT. That's Rex Sykes Movie BT. Colin Ferg is uh, sorry. It's, it's at Colin Ferg. C O L I N F E R G is Colin's uh, uh, Twitter uh, address. And um, uh, I should say that uh, in the last 24 hours, we uh, lost Elizabeth Taylor, and our hearts and uh, thoughts go out to uh, her family and survivors, surviving members of her family. She is definitely a movie icon and legend, and uh, she will be sorrowfully missed. All right, everyone, have a fabulous day. Uh, make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that's a wrap.